seemed to me to have an indirect bearing upon the mystery of Woodman's Lee. Ah, Hopkins, I got your wire last night, and I have been expecting you. Come and join us. Our visitor was an exceedingly alert man, thirty years of age, dressed in a quiet tweed suit, but retaining the erect bearing of one who was accustomed to official uniform. I recognised him at once as Stanley Hopkins, a young police inspector, for whose future Holmes had high hopes, while he, in turn, professed the admiration and respect of a pupil for the scientific methods of the famous amateur. Hopkins's brow was clouded, and he sat down with an air of deep dejection. "'No, thank you, sir. I breakfasted before I came round. I spent the night in town, for I came up yesterday to report.' "'And what had you to report?' "'Failure, sir. Absolute failure. "'You have made no progress?' "'None.' "'Dear me, I must have a look at the matter.' "'I wish to heaven that you would, Mr. Holmes. "'It's my first big chance, and I'm at my wit's end. "'For goodness sake, come down and lend me a hand.' "'Well, well, it just happens that I have already read all the available evidence, "'including the report of the inquest, with some care.' "'By the way, what do you make of that tobacco pouch found on the scene of the crime? "'Is there no clue there?' "'Hopkins looked surprised. "'It was the man's own pouch, sir. "'His initials were inside it, and it was of sealskin, and he was an old sealer. "'But he had no pipe.' "'No, sir, we could find no pipe. "'Indeed, he smoked very little, and yet he might have kept some tobacco for his friends.' "'No doubt.' I only mention it because, if I had been handling the case, I should have been inclined to make that the starting point of my investigation. However, my friend Dr. Watson knows nothing of this matter, and I should be none the worse for hearing the sequence of events once more. Just give us some short sketches of the essentials. Stanley Hopkins drew a slip of paper from his pocket. I have a few dates here which will give you the career of the dead man, Captain Peter Carey. He was born in forty-five, fifty years of age. He was a most daring and successful seal and whale fisher. In 1883 he commanded the steam sealer Sea Unicorn of Dundee. He had then had several successful voyages in succession, and in the following year, 1884, he retired. After that he travelled for some years, and finally he bought a small place called Woodman's Lee near Forest Row in Sussex. There he has lived for six years, and there he died just a week ago today. There were some most singular points about the man. In ordinary life he was a strict Puritan, a silent, gloomy fellow. His household consisted of his wife, his daughter, aged twenty, and two female servants. These last were continually changing, for it was never a very cheery situation, and sometimes it became past all bearing. The man was an intermittent drunkard, and when he had the fit on him, he was a perfect fiend. He has been known to drive his wife and daughter out of doors in the middle of the night, and flog them through the park, until the whole village outside the gates was aroused by their screams. He was summoned once for a savage assault upon the old vicar, who had called upon him to remonstrate with him upon his conduct. In short, Mr. Holmes, you would go far before you found a more dangerous man than Peter Carey, and I have heard that he bore the same character when he commanded his ship. He was known in the trade as Black Peter, and the name was given him not only on account of his swarthy features and the colour of his huge beard, but for the humours which were the terror of all around him. 
I need not say that he was loathed and avoided by every one of his neighbours, and that I have not heard one single word of sorrow about his terrible end. You must have read in the account of the inquest about the man's cabin, Mr. Holmes, but perhaps your friend here has not heard of it. He had built himself a wooden outhouse. He always called it the cabin, a few hundred yards from his house, and it was here that he slept every night. It was a little single-roomed hut, sixteen feet by ten. He kept the key in his pocket, made his own bed, cleaned it himself, and allowed no other foot to cross the threshold. There are small windows on each side, which were covered by curtains and never opened. One of these windows was turned towards the high road, and when the light burned in it at night, the folk used to point it out to each other and wonder what Black Peter was doing in there. That's the window, Mr. Holmes, which gave us one of the few bits of positive evidence that came out at the inquest. You remember that a stonemason named...